Welcome to the Becoming Well podcast, the podcast that explores the intersection of faith and mental health. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I find coming up in a lot of conversations lately, and that is the end of the pandemic and how it's kind of causing a little bit of potentially anxiety or uncertainty. Um, I think it's funny because I've been hearing this word, uh, the before times. <laughs> so, so on Becoming Well, we're going to be talking about that today. How how does that sound? That right. sounds great. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. I definitely have been thinking about the, you know, the transition into quote unquote normal life. It's, it's a little intimidating. I don't think any of us really anticipated, well, A, I would imagine most people didn't anticipate the pandemic was going to last this long. Mm-mm. And then, you know, it's it's just interesting because most of us have made some pretty significant life adjustments. And we've either been working from home or we've had reduced contact with people who are quarantining or working from home or, or whatever that is. Or we haven't traveled to see friends and family. And now all of a sudden, it's like, a lot of places are starting to either open up or they're already opened up. We live in Chicago and we've heard that he's hopefully going to be back to full capacity the week of July 4th or something like that this yeah. summer. So I don't know. I'm hearing people say I've got some some hesitations about yeah. this and I'm not really sure what to expect. <laughs> and I don't know that I anticipated feeling kind of anxious about how to navigate life post-pandemic, if it even is really going to be that. Yeah. So let me ask you this before I kind of go into how I feel about it. What are your, what's your apprehension? Like, what are you apprehensive about? Uh, You know, okay. So I think we're both introverts, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I think you're like a real true introvert. (laughs) I am right on the line between introvert, extrovert. And it's interesting. I was thinking about, I really think our brains have been kind of rewired over the last year and a half. We don't have to interact with people as much. We have much more conversations via email or chat or, you know, text message. And now I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm going to be face to face with 3D human beings (laughs) who can (laughs) ask me a question on the spot and I don't have the space to consider an answer. (laughs) Or delete or or (laughs) (laughs) or crawl back under bed (laughs) under my covers. Um, so I, I really think our brains are having to readjust to that type of communication and interaction, and it's a bit exhausting. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking it's actually in itself a great thing that our brain can do that, and there we are very uh, flexible people, right, because yeah. we're able to do that, and that's partly for our protection when we talk about, you know, uh, just our body and the way our body and our mind and neuroscience and all that responds to, you know, just being able to defend ourselves and, um, you know, adjust to new environments. However, that is not always the greatest for mental health. It's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where we're, where, you know, our brain adjusts to, it's kind of the fight, flight, or freeze type of thing. You know, it adjusts when we feel like there's a threat and so that we can actually protect ourselves. And so we're beings that were born in the way that we function is to make sure that we are, you know, suffer the least danger. But when it's long term, which it's not intended to be, 
it can cause major anxiety, for example, you know, and you said that, you know, how you and I are introverts. And when she listen, you know, <laughs> I am when I say true introvert and I'm not shy, nor am I socially awkward or anything. Sometimes I feel socially awkward, but but for the most part, I talk and so forth. But I am true a true introvert in the sense that I get drained by people very, very easily. So I was thinking the other day that, you know, when you watch the news and so forth and you're seeing all these different places open up, um, how I uh, am responding to that. So I started reflecting on why I'm starting to get anxious at the fact that things are going to start opening up and be, quote unquote, uh, you know, going back to semi-normal at least. Yeah. And it is because I am a true introvert. I get drained by people so very easily. And and at the beginning of the pandemic, there were, you know, there was running jokes about, you know, this is like made for introverts. But that's true. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> in that I didn't have to make an excuse why I didn't want to go somewhere. I was able to live in my own world. I, I have a very, very, very vast um and colorful inner world, you know, that I... <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> that very few people are invited in, you know? And so it's kind of like when, when they're saying that things are starting to open up, like, oh my gosh, I have to leave my inner world, my little home, and, you know, and interact with individuals. So that can be, um, you know, I, I, I kid, but it can be very anxiety-provoking because it can then... That's another change. That's another adjustment. Um, and it can stir up some things that allowed us to be a lot more comfortable when pre-pandemic, uh, we were uncomfortable. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Where yeah. I get tired very easy and I get exhausted very easy of interacting. So that was always a constant struggle pre-pandemic. But when it did happen... I try to look at it in a way with all the, you know, atrocities. I try to look, look at it in a way where the positive part was I was able to, you know, be that comfortable self and be by myself and being able to read and being able to create and being able to do the things that I love to do by myself. Mm -hmm. So that's the strange piece of that for me. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it's interesting. I think we've all adjusted to this new circumstances and situations differently and I think about for me there's an element of fear that you know I, I talked to some of my clients who have been working from home mm -hmm. and they have noticed this pattern of work kind of bleeding into different times throughout their day that typically when they were going into the office and then leaving you know eight to five job nine to five job uh, leaving at the end of the day it was like a natural boundary between work and personal life. Mm -hmm. But now that they've been working from home, it's like, oh, I might end up working on a Friday till six or seven if I don't have plans, you know, because I'm just going to be staying at home mm -hmm. or, um, you know, other times during the day. And so I think there's this element of once we go back into the office or once we kind of go back to normal life, are the shift in the expectations and work demands going to return back to that level of normalcy that includes commuting times mm. and break. And, you know, I know for me when I'm in the office, much, a lot more people come into my office and interrupt my flow of work. <laughs> but when I'm working from me. home, I don't have that. And mm -hmm. so I get less done at the office, but I do feel like the expectation and the demands on my time have gotten higher, ironically, mm. in the pandemic because of, 
I mean, working from home-ish. So I think there's those elements of adjustment. But I guess going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, I think another thing too is, so I was out of town over the weekend. And Mm -hmm. I won't say where I was just for the sake of, you know, not throwing a state under the bus. But (laughs) it was not a state that has really significant restrictions. Mm -hmm. Like you would walk around and and think, "Mm, do they even know that there's a pandemic (laughs) going on? And one night I was out just kind of walking around and, um, and I got to say, it was, it, it, it was overwhelming emotionally for a number of reasons, like seeing restaurants, I I would imagine almost to full capacity. Mm. And there was a lot of people sitting outside and whatnot, but it was just, I don't know, it was kind of a flood of anxiety, Mm -hmm. a flood of sadness, a flood of Mm. gratitude, a flood of hope, like all these complex emotions all at once. And I teared up. Wow. And I, you know, I, it was really surprising to me. So I think there's also that element of giving ourselves space to just process everything that's gone on over this last year and a half um, because it really has impacted us personally in a lot of different ways. It has. And I love that you said you, you were kind of like oscillating between all of these different emotions because and processing because we don't. I think we're all still trying to catch up of what is what happened, you know, because, you know, even with the pandemic, there's still our personal lives that was, you know, still had to continue. Yeah. Um, we had a whole bunch of social stuff that had to continue. There was just so many things that happened during this pandemic that I don't think our brains had enough time to even catch up to process because some of the things just don't make sense to us. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, in some some things we don't have answers to. So it's not as if something happened and then we had the exact answer. Everyone agreed upon the solution. Everyone agreed upon what the source, you know, was or everyone agreed upon how we should go about it. There was so much chaos and confusion and cacophony about this whole thing that I think we're all still trying to process that. So by the time we kind of got settled into the new normal, it's like, okay, we're back to the old normal. Yeah. (laughs) And it feels like, you know how sometimes you move? Like my daughter always talks about that she wants to move back to Brooklyn, New York. Now, mind you, she was five when we or she was nine when we left and now she's 15. So she has this fantasy and this ideal of what everything is, you know, and it it still is. It's I remember this and I remember this at PS10. PS10 was her elementary and now she's like a, a junior in high school. But you know how you do that and then sometimes you go back and it's nothing like that. Yeah. Right. It's just kind of like you you have this ideal and you 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 hold on to this image that probably wasn't that way anyway but we kind of form for our protection and defense this this ideal situation to comfort us or this memory to comfort us when rea- and when in reality one it wasn't like that from the beginning and two it's it's not going to be the same because a lot of things have happened since then so i always tell her i was like am i when you go back we can definitely go back and visit but you know, half of your friends moved, you know, they're not seven anymore. (laughs) You know, you guys are probably wanting to recognize one another. And so I think that is kind of what's causing me anxiety as well. It's not like we're going back to what it was. There's a whole pandemic that happened. And so it's not going to be anything like it used to be other than the fact that maybe other than the fact that we are, you know, having more people in a space. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, and I think there's that element also of it's a roller coaster, like mm-hmm. you said, a roller coaster of emotions. But I think it's also this kind of roller coaster of what 
when are we going to get there? Mm -hmm. And so we build it up in our minds. We get ready. We get prepared. We think there's been so many times over the last, you know, months where we think, okay, this is it. This is it. We're getting to that point. We're getting to herd immunity or we're getting to, Mm -hmm. you know, zero cases and we're, we're going to reopen. And then we kind of shut back down again, or Mm -hmm. the restrictions are in place. And so I think there's also a lot of people that are just kind of fatigued with the whole up and down process of, what is this new normal going to look like and when are we going to get there? And people are just kind of at a place. I know sometimes I am where I'm just, I'm done. I want to be back to the before times. Mm-hmm. But you're right. that That's not going to look the same. Mm-hmm. And when are we just going to know? Because, again, you mentioned it earlier. We want clarity. We want, we want answers. Right. Our brains are just wired that way. Mm-hmm. And we've been dealing with, you know, a long period of uncertainty, Uh, lack of clarity, uh, misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And so we're just, I think, striving for what's the answer here? Can I go out without a mask? Can I not? Can I be around my family? Can I not? Can I go to a restaurant indoors? Can I not? Can I travel? Can I fly? Can I not? And the other thing is you've got people within family units and within communities who are still disagreeing over those, those things. And that's causing conflict in and of itself. So I would imagine that even for people who are kind of ready for the pandemic to be done and to go back to kind of the life the way it was, they're navigating conflict within their families about what that looks like. Sure. And that and and that's kind of what I was kind of thinking about in terms of anxiety in this whole thing where the pandemic brought up and it 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 well, it tapped into maybe dormant issues within families or dormant issues within oneself, you know, where maybe before we were so busy and on the go and we filled our lives to be able to, you know, not just be successful, but we fill our lives oftentimes to avoid things, right? The Mm -hmm. pandemic made us stop. And now we're starting to see how our parents feel about this or our sister or our mom or our friends. And we realize that we have, um, very uh, differing opinions <laughs> on this, right? And that's not going to just magically disappear once we start transitioning into what, you know, our, you know, country's going to look like in the next few months, right? So it's not as if we just said, okay, well, when all of this happens, everything's going to be back to normal. There's going to be things that's going to go dormant again. We're all going to be busy and it's just going to be a smooth sailing. No, a lot of issues came up, right? So yeah. it's, it's people living with your, you know, day-to-day living with people that you don't usually spend that much time with. You got to know them really well, <laughs> right? For good or for worse. You know, my the number of clients I'm seeing who are couples has like skyrocketed. <laughs> Sure. People are having a hard time. It, what you what you just said is had brought up something for me that I'm really trying somewhat unsuccessfully to do, if I was being totally honest. But it, it makes me think of Romans 14. Mm-hmm. You know, Romans 14, Paul's talking to the church and in Rome, and you've got these Gentiles and these Jews who are trying to figure out how to get along. Mm-hmm. Because the Gentiles have now been brought into, you know, God's covenant. And you've got a long history of the Jews having very ritualistic practices mm-hmm. as a part of their their faith, mm-hmm. uh, their faith belief system and their discipline. And um, and then you've got these Gentiles, and, and they don't have those practices. Right. They have very different ways of, 
of living. And, um, and so, you know, there's conflict because Mm -hmm. you've got the Jews who are saying, you can't eat this. You have to cleanse this. You have to, this day is holy. And you've got the Gentiles who are kind of like, well, that doesn't apply to me. I can eat whatever I want. And I mm-hmm. can do whatever I want on any day. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're fighting. And one's trying to tell the other, you can't do this and be a Christian. And the other's saying it doesn't really matter. And people are, you know, having a really difficult time getting along. And mm-hmm. Paul says, look, first of all, mm-hmm. if what you are doing, eating or not eating, celebrating a day or not celebrating a day, is to the glory of the Lord, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. But then he goes on to say, if what you are doing causes Causes your brother brother or sister to to stumble, stumble. stop doing it. Stop doing it. And (laughs) I think about all of the people that have their personal convictions Mm -hmm. around certain elements of this pandemic. And, you know, that's fair to some degree. I don't know half the time what's what's up from down, what's right from wrong. I mean, I think we're all trying to figure it out. The CDC will say one day do this, the next day do this. And that can cause an element of mistrust. And yet there are certain times where we need to say, look, even if I have a conviction, mm. even if I think this is the way it needs to be done or not done, if my brother or sister, which is my neighbor, right. which is anybody, right. doesn't have to be the person who lives next door to me, right. uh, my neighbor is my neighbor, and then I need to stop and consider mm. why am I motivated to act in this way? Mm. And how is it demonstrating or not demonstrating the love of God, which is the you know, second greatest commandment, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Yeah, so it, as you were sharing that, it just kind of struck me, you know, to continue that practice as we're coming out of the pandemic and just really honoring, validating, and listening to the feelings of others who may feel really anxious coming out of this pandemic or who may feel really excited coming out of this pandemic or who may feel the apprehension of both. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking about what are the ways we're still not in the clear. Mm -hmm. I was just in a meeting the other day and we had a, you know, everybody for the most part was fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And we asked the question, do you feel comfortable with masks, no masks? And somebody asked that that we still wear masks because of their connection to an elderly relative. Mm. And you could tell some people really weren't thrilled with that, mm. <laughs> with, with that decision. And yet, again, how do we respect and love our neighbors in this new space of kind of opening up and gaining freedoms and being mindful of the way in which we care for others? I love that, Deb. I do. I think, you know, there's a whole lot of things to consider and a whole lot of things that are going through our mind and whether they're consistent, whether they're conflicting, whether they're hypocritical, whatever it is, it's humanness. Right. But the core of that is being able to see others um, as humans as well and being able to respect that of others. Um, For example, my sister and I are on very two ends of the spectrum in terms of the pandemic, in terms of vaccine and all of that. Right. And um, this particular sister is very vocal (laughs) and she's very clear about her stance. And she's a Christian as well, a strong Christian as well. And um, we were able to say, I get that. I respect that. And you go forth in if that's what your conviction is, that's your conviction. And she was able to do the same for me. Right. It doesn't always go that way between us. But in this specific um, uh, context or this specific um, 
uh, uh, subject, we were able, because it was so heavy, we were able to say, listen, this is my conviction and this is your conviction and being able to see why, right? And I didn't really need to know a whole exegesis of why she thinks the way she thinks and she didn't need to know one for me, but understood that we both were very solid on our beliefs about that and we were able to respect that. Now with that, it's important that I do believe that we need to be able to uh, be okay with um, one of the one of the ways of 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 kind of executing or being and knowing someone's mature is knowing that you can be wrong sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, so even if I have a stance on something and I have a conviction on something, I still can be wrong. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's going to, you know, emerge at that moment or, you know, later. But I can still be wrong. So just kind of sitting in that space as we as we kind of enter out of this pandemic or transition out of it, it is important that we respect other people. We don't have to give up our integrity or our stance on anything, but still have that I that that um, remembrance that other people are going to have a different um, idea of what it means and to honor that. And you yeah. say this a lot on the show and to honor that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not expect them to prove you wrong. Right. <laughs> yes. Listen, I'm not I don't have time to sit here for a 10 point, you know, a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> that I need to present to you. And then you got to go and go to the, the committee to decide if I'm right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, just honor that and understand and trust that your brother or sister is they're actually doing that to their best ability to glorify God. Yeah. I think it you know to me it's are you willing to go to a conversation with curiosity? Mm-hmm. Can you go in with curiosity cuz honestly at the end of the day and this is me. So maybe others disagree with this, but for me it's there's very few things that I am 100% convinced I'm right Me about too. you know and, and maybe salvation in Jesus Christ is the only thing right that right. might be the only thing right and and the two commandments right <laughs> that's it yes. and so it's like what what do you what do you have to lose by being wrong right. and I think it's so often and this is a whole another podcast in and of itself but we tie you know our 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 convictions our stances right or wrong to our identity mm-hmm. and when we get insecure we need other people to agree with us mm-hmm. so i think that's a big part of it but i'm curious okay i'm going to circle back to something you were just saying earlier about you know navigating things and the the way we've made adjustments during this pandemic and some of the things that that i think are actually healthy that we've developed patterns of behaviors around but how do we how do we make the changes or maintain the changes, the healthy ones that perhaps we've developed in the midst of this season mm-hmm. um, and carry them on as we transition into, you know, whatever this kind of new normal is going to look like? I love that question. For me, it is remembering the core of the the why. Yeah. And pausing to understand the why. Because I think, especially in our society, because it's so transient and transient and 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 fast and busy, we don't pause and ask the why. Yeah. What what's the purpose of why I'm doing this? What's the purpose of why I'm thinking this? Right? I always talk about this in my um theories class with, you know, REBT where um we don't have an event that happens and then the behavior happens and that's it. Yeah. There's a whole narrative that's going on internally 
um, cognitively that we don't pause to think about, right? But we usually just think that something happened. If I ask you, okay, Deb, why do you feel sick? Well, I was on the train the other day, right? Or why do you feel mad? Well, my sister said this, and now I'm mad. There's a whole thought process Mm -hmm. in between Mm -hmm. that that caused you to behave the way that you behaved. So I think for me, what I tend to, and I don't do it well all the time at all, what I tend to try to practice is remembering the why, why and, and what it did for me. So even though I'm introverted and even though I can have a moment where I can feel depressed because I'm so I, I'm so inward focused. There is a space where I was able to say, OK, let me work on what life really means. Let me work on what all this is about and what what what's important at this point right yeah. while i was in the pandemic yeah and so how do i stay within that space when everything opens up and chaos starts to you know, happen the daily chaos starts to happen again and it's that remembrance of my family's important mm. and accountability right so i wasn't just sitting there navel gazing <laughs> right. I had to tell my husband, you know what? I've been thinking about this. I think that I I, I, I care too much about this mm. or I, I put too way too much attention on negativity and have that accountability of someone saying, OK, remember during the pandemic or six months ago, you said that family's important. Let's get back to that. Yeah. Right. So that accountability, because you want people to remind you of the healthy things that came out of the pandemic, right? Yeah. So maybe start now and say, you know what? I want to share with you, maybe to a close friend or a family member, what I learned. Because we're all complaining about the pandemic, right? Yeah. We're not talking about what we learned, right? But what I learned is this. Because if you share it with someone else, there's that natural accountability, mm-hmm. right? And say, you know what? When I forget that, can you remind me? So my husband will, you know? When I start thinking negatively, he was like, you know, babe, remember we, we talked about this and you talked about that and you said you wanted to do this differently, right? Yeah. And so maybe I'm thinking accountability, but we have to share with others and use our community to say, what was God doing in this? And then how can we as a collective move forward mm. and make sure that we are pleasing him and that we're honoring him by bringing that, you know, as we transition into this so-called old patterns. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think Does that, that makes sense. Oh my gosh. That totally makes sense. I, that, I mean, and I think it goes back to what you said earlier, pausing, right. Mm-hmm. To remember your why, mm-hmm. which is, I think this, this critical piece, because we don't, we don't do that. We mm-hmm. get into these patterns and these habits of everyday life. And the next thing we know, we're on autopilot and we're just making decisions without really thinking about the why behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, I, you know, so I grew up in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Chicago, well, I moved to a couple of different places that had seasons. Arizona doesn't really have seasons. It right. has like maybe like five weeks of spring and then the rest of the year is summer. summer right. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> And I remember my first time moving to a place with seasons, and I was just struck by how amazing it was. Mm. You know, it was like, okay, the summer's hot, Mm -hmm. and then you get to fall. 
and fall's kind of crisp and yeah. the leaves are changing and, you know, there's an energy in the air. Mm-hmm. And then you get to winter. And winter, you know, you, you got some days where the snow's really pretty and especially around the holidays. But then you got the dark and the dreary. Mm-hmm. And you, got, you start thinking about, okay, I'm excited for summer. Mm-hmm. And then spring comes and you get the beautiful flowers blooming and the blue skies. And it's still cold and chilly at times, but it just reminds you of new life. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. I think what happens for me, and I really try to hold on to this because it's so easy to just, again, kind of move into that autopilot Mm -hmm. way of life where we don't honor the changes and the Mm -hmm. moments and the circumstances. And so I think about, I try every year to think and be real intentional at the changing of the seasons. Mm. You know, there is going to come a time. We're in, we're in, <laughs> we're in like what the tail end of third winter in Chicago. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. It's cold. I woke up today and it's, you know, it's 45 degrees is the high today. Right. Like, are you, in Arizona, that's like the coldest winter day. Right. They are. <laughs> They're probably in parkas and <laughs> they are. It's great. My friends would come here right now and they would be wearing like goose down comforters and like puffy shoes that are lined with fur and hats. And right. I'm like, I can wear a light jacket. <laughs> but it makes me long for summer. I'm so ready for the sun and the warmth on my skin. But I know come July, end of July, mid-August, you know, we start getting those 90-degree days right. with 150% humidity. Where you long for yes. cooler weather. Yes. yes. And so I'm trying to be mindful, accountable, like you said, to think about, you know, what are some of the things that I have missed mm. in the midst of this pandemic? What are, you know, I think about connecting with my family. I mean, I went like a lot of people for a long time without seeing my family yeah. until it was safe to do so. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard. And I thank God for technology and Zoom and the ability to jump on a FaceTime call. But man, it was it was rough. Right. And I love being outside and getting to do some of the things here in Chicago that we have the opportunity to do, like movies in the park mm-hmm. and, um, you know, concerts and street fairs. Yeah. And we didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. And I love being able to go to church mm-hmm. and worship and be in person and hear an amazing message. And, you know, I remember my first time back in church because we've kind of reopened somewhat. You have to mm-hmm. wear a mask and, you you know, all the seating is social distance. Yeah. Right. But the first Sunday back at church, I cried. Mm. I, you know, it was just there was something about that corporate worship, that community yes. of believers together. Yes. And you know, we were all kind of walking around, not sure of ourselves. <laughs> and there's a few people you'd walk up to, and you'd You're you like, know, kind of, yeah, can I, can I give you a hug? Are you okay with this? Do you want a shoulder bump? What are we What are we doing here? <laughs> right. And I think that's another thing we just kind of have to get used to, right? The awkwardness of those, you know, first encounters coming out of the pandemic. What yeah. are people comfortable with? It's are we like going to have first date? It's so like the first date, <laughs> and we have this formula for communication, right? It's it's like, are you vaccinated? Right. Which vaccine did you get? How'd you feel afterwards? <laughs> that is the conversation right. everybody's right. having. But yeah, so just being, for me, it's coming out of this going, and it, and it actually is very similar to what you were saying. It's what, what did I miss in the midst of the pandemic? Because mm. I think that speaks really strongly to what we value. Yeah, yes. Right. And it's those things that are so easy to lose sight of when we get back into everyday life. And so how am I going to prioritize 
those things that are most important to me first and foremost, Mm. and then begin making decisions about other things, you know, further down the line. And so if family and community is most important to me, am I prioritizing that? Is my time devoted to Mm. those things first Mm -hmm. and then filling in the gaps with the other commitments that I have in my life? I love it. So accountability, but also the task of putting them in order. Yeah. I mean, yes. Literally. Legit in order. Right. Saying, okay, this, if family's the most important or, you know, you know, having lunch with friends are most important. What's on my calendar? Yeah. Yeah. What's on my calendar? Please don't look and, at my calendar. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 the funny part is because I am introverted I still, I mean, there's a level to this. There's, there's levels. And I did not know I had a level. Like I'm a high introvert, but I, you know, there are times where I'm just out there talking to dogs and <laughs> birds. I have had some great conversations with my dog, even though I have a whole house, you know, I have my, my daughter and my husband, but there, I even. You're like Cinderella. Isn't Cinderella the one who lives with all the animals? <laughs> with all the animals. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Cinderella. Girl, listen, I I realized I like my dog now, right? Because I was on the go so much. I didn't form a relationship that I should have had with my dog, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many things that I didn't even think that I would miss or I took for granted. So, for example, so church, like you said, it's been on Zoom for so long. There And, and listen, I am from a black church, and music is, mm. there's, the word and then music is like right. I'm showing it with my hands to Deb and you guys can't see me, but music is really right below that. Yeah. With the black church. Yeah. Because it's, it's major. It's a major part of worship. It's a major part of connecting in the black community. And it just sounds different on zoom. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, there's, it's just you kind of, it's just you. And you know, they're not going to bring the, <laughs> you're yelling amen in your living room, but they don't hear you. So the preacher's still going, can I get an amen? Right. Anybody, anybody? <laughs> We're yelling. We're yelling. We're trying to push the button to raise our hand on the zoom. You know? <laughs> trying to find the right color. Raise hands. <laughs> you know? And so it's just this experience of, what I realized that God made for us, we were made to be in community. And it and yes, community does not have to be, you know, where we're always face to face, but there's something to be said for that, you know, and there's something to be said for that environment and that energy and being able to see people and hear the drums and hear the, you know, the the organs loud and people worshiping next to you. There's something so different. Then Zoom, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit can, can permeate all of that. So, again, I don't want to make it as, you know, if we're not in a church building and you're on Zoom, then you can't experience that. But it's just different. You know, we really are communal people. And no matter how introverted you are, you, you know, there, there's a piece of there's an element of that that I believe everybody longs for. And that's what I I realized, yeah, you know, where it's like, oh man, I kind of, I was thinking about my friend Elizabeth the other day and I was like, I miss seeing her. Like, I don't see her often, but we would always be consistent with like once or twice, you know, a month or something, or maybe once a month. Yeah. And it's like, hey girl, praying for you, yeah. <laughs> you know, on text and that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and even if it was FaceTime, it's just different. It's so different. I, I miss just like random connections with people. 
I love, I love randomly. Connect. I know we do that well. Impromptu, we do, just- right? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I, I'm going to a coffee shop, mm-hmm. saying hi to people. It's, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so, I'm so excited for that. Mm-hmm. I think this is really helpful, you know, thinking yeah. through just ways in which we can process coming out of the pandemic. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. That accountability piece is really important because it's, it's going to be really easy to slip back into old patterns of behavior or to maintain maybe some unhealthy patterns of behavior that resulted from the pandemic. Mm. And so, you know, this is challenging me to think about, okay, how am I, I do this exercise with my clients sometimes, and I may have shared this on the podcast before, but it always convicts me when I do it. I I ask them to say everything that's important to them. Mm. Like, no, don't hold anything back. Just say everything that's important to you. Mm -hmm. Whatever comes to mind. I have this big whiteboard in my office. And so we write everything down. And then I say, okay, I want you to rank order like your top 10. Mm -hmm. What are the most important things to you in the top 10? And so then they do that. And then I'll say, okay, think about your life over the last week, last two weeks, last month. Have your decisions, your choices, your commitments reflected those priorities Mm -hmm. in order. And it rarely does. Rarely. Rarely. Mm -hmm. And that same is true for me a Mm -hmm. lot of the time. And so it's making me think, like, I do. I want to be intentional at taking the time now, especially because things are going to move quickly. And the next right. thing we know, we're going to look look behind us and we're going to go, oh, well, okay, things kind of moved back to normal and I'm still in those unhealthy patterns, patterns. of behavior. Yeah. And it takes time to make those commitments. Mm-hmm. And so I want to start now to really think through, okay, these are the things that are most important to me. Mm-hmm. Am I pausing in my decision making? Mm-hmm. Am I thinking about my why? And then making those commitments, making those choices, making those decisions that best reflect my hierarchy of of importance. I love that. And then maybe showing someone saying, listen, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's. I'm going to show you. <laughs> We're going to show each other. <laughs> I can already hear your voice. Deb. Deb. <laughs> Before this, I was like, Deb. <laughs> You were. You convicted me. <laughs> you got to slow down. You my, got to say no. My my uh, grad school professor used to say, um, if you don't do this in ethics class, if you don't do this, I'm going to come after you with an axe. <laughs> I was like, I think that's what Mary's thinking. She exactly. Come after me with an axe. Yeah, I'm, I, I might cut you for, for your health. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a parent. This hurts. This hurts me more, more than, than it hurts you. you. That's crap. It does not. It does not. It hurts. You get spanked. It hurts. You know, it's so funny because I, I always say to Amaya, I always say, you know what? I'm going to kill you. You scared me. I thought you were dead. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. So, Deb, do not kill yourself. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> deal. Deal. I'm going to make that commitment. But, yeah, just to even wrap it up. So I love that you outline something that you do with your clients. I mm-hmm. love that. Even if we take this and we look at it from practical terms, something that's applicable. Maybe take a whiteboard or a piece of paper and name everything that's important to you. Yeah. And then... Would you say just no more than 10 or is there a limit you think? I, well, here's what I do. I say put everything out there because oh, right. sometimes if they don't, then we miss something, right? Got it. But then take the top 10. Got it, right. Like to figure out on that list what are your top 10 because anything more than that can be overwhelming. I have some people that will come up with like 40 different things that right. are important to them. Right. But we don't really have space to incorporate that every day. Right. And these are the kind of things the top 10 is at least something you want to be touching on. 
you know, every day. Like I think about mm. a family. You mentioned family. Family is in my top two easily. Right. Number two. Right. Jesus, number one. Family, number two. Absolutely. And so that means at least every day mm-hmm. I'm probably interacting with my family, even if it's just a quick text mm-hmm. message. I mean, we, my family and I are close, so we talk a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so top 10. I love that. So top 10. So write it down. Just it, say anything or think anything. And then top 10. Um, write it down, and then the next step would be what you think. I, you know what? Now that you're saying that, I'm thinking I probably need to see that list all the time. Mm, so put it somewhere put that's it, visual. Yeah, where you're always at, like in the in your office or in your bathroom. A lot of people like put things on their mirror. Yeah, yeah. Put, put on your mirror. Put it on your car if you drive. Put on your steering wheel on a sticky note. Mm-hmm. Put on your phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could even make a note on your phone mm-hmm. and then make it your screensaver. Oh, yeah. And that way you see it all the time. And I Mm -hmm. think that then forces our mindset to be, you know, kind of attuned to Mm -hmm. when we're making decisions. Is this reflecting those values? I love it. And then share it, you guys. I Just to add on to that, to to share it. Because I know for me sometimes when I make a list, it then after about a few months just becomes part of the background, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So that it still should be there because I think this is a great idea. But that reminder that someone said, did you look at your list? You know, yeah. did you go back to that? You know, and, and it needs I, I always say this when we talk about stages of change. It needs to be someone that, you know, can hold you accountable. Right. Yeah. You don't want someone. It's kind of like you say, OK, I want to start exercising. And that person is, you know, like your eating buddy that you know, eats bonbons. You want to go to ice cream? Go to, right. That, my, my best friend and I are just like that. We're horrible. We're not great at accountability when it comes to that. So someone that you know, you know, at some level is serious about it. They don't necessarily have to be someone who conquered that mountain um, uh, in a major way. It was someone that can actually help you in that space that you believe can hold you accountable because when, like I said, when you tell other people, then that that makes it, you know, you can keep a secret with yourself for a long time. And then if you fail, um, no one would know, you know, yeah. so then <laughs> change really happens. Yeah. Yeah. So being able, I love that. Write that down or, or, or just brainstorm on all of the things that are important to you. Write down your top 10. Put it somewhere that you can re- be reminded of that and going back. That's your why, right? Yeah. Going back to that and then show other people, you know, show someone that you trust or that can hold you accountable to saying, okay, Mary, you said that family is important, but you just told me that you haven't talked to your family all week. You haven't sent a text you, because you were too busy. You're making excuses. So let's go, go back to that list and see what's going on. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay, I got to be honest. I was a little discouraged coming into this episode, and I feel really encouraged. So now. do I. So do I. So what are we going to do? We cannot be hypocritical. We have to practice what we, we gotta, preach. We got to. We got to make our list. We got to make our list. We're right? gonna make our list. We're gonna make our list. All right. It's so a done really deal. quick. Can we say maybe our a few of the things that are important to us, and then we'll we'll we listeners we will write it down. Okay. So I'm going to pull up my phone. I'm going to jot it into my phone. Okay. Um, I, I mean, definitely time with the Lord is super important to me. Yeah. Um, and my family is really important to me. And for me, family, friends kind of are in that same category. Mm-hmm. And then um, play. Yeah. What do you mean? Like what kind of? Like for me, play is, is anything from getting outside. I, you know, we live near the lakefront, mm-hmm. right? Here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You can get to the lakefront 
within what any time between 10 to 30 minutes if you live in the city, I would imagine. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So go to the lakefront. I love going to the lakefront and reading mm. a book. Or I have a hammock that you can just throw <gasps> up anywhere. Oh. And I'll go and I'll hang a hammock up between two trees and just read a book or just lay there. Sometimes I'll doze Sleep? off, take yes. a nap. Sometimes I'll bring my phone and, you know, the beauty of of Wi-Fi anywhere. I'll watch a show yes. by the lake. It's great. Listen to music. So. That for me is important. Riding my bike, mm-hmm. just getting outside and doing different things. That's that's play for me. I those mean, are those are two of my top three, and I'm writing them down. Legit, you see me. I got my notes app open. You got it. I'm jotting yes. them down. What about for you? So mine is the same. The begin, you know, you said uh, the time with the Lord, and that's a whole other thing. But that's huge for me. But time with the Lord, family and friends. Oh, especially my core. You know, my 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 daughter. It's huge, and my husband. It's really huge to the point I feel guilty quite a bit because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm spending enough quality time with them. Yeah. So quality time with family and friends, um, and then. I love music. Music is so therapeutic and working out. Those okay. are really are things that I'm like, I don't think I can do without that. You yeah. know, I, I, you know, people, I work out and it's, it really is therapeutic for me. I love it. It's something that I crave and I love music. I love good music. Like I love, I'm that person that I'll drive around the corner 10 times before a song ends, right? Because I got to hear the end yep, of the song. Yep. And so these, you know, I think those are like the four that are major for me and just being able to worship. I love worshiping. So that's the music and spending time with the Lord is that worshiping. That's good. That is huge for me. So those would be like my core um, things of importance. Like It's great. Okay, I know we got to wrap up, but I have to share a funny story as we close out because mm-hmm. we're going to hold each other accountable these to, to these things. But um, I have a, I have a like a support, a testament to how much you love music. I know <laughs> this because one time I was talking to your husband Craig on the phone, mm-hmm. and do you remember you got in the car and for whatever reason when you got in the car. <laughs> It switched who I was talking to, like the the, <laughs> the Bluetooth. Bluetooth. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm talking to, to Mary's husband, Craig, and all of a sudden I hear, Mary, who is this? Who am I talking to? Craig, did you mess up my playlist again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was priceless. So it, I believe you when you say, like, that music time in your car is yes. sacred. Because I heard sacred. in that tone of voice... <laughs> If you disrupted my playlist, we're going to have words. Right. There is a problem in this union. Oh, well, thank you. This has been this has been great. I hope our listeners have felt encouraged. And if you have felt encouraged, feel free to reach out and leave us a review. Yes. You know, we love those five star reviews. We love your feedback. We, we take we take that into consideration for future episodes. You mm-hmm. can find us on all the major podcast networks and, of course, at our website, www.becomingwellpodcast.org. You can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Becoming Well Podcast. And thanks for listening. And thanks for giving me something to to do now coming out of this pandemic. Yes. And, and please, listeners, please give us suggestions on what you would like us to talk about. Because we are always coming up with different things and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Awesome. Well, see you All next right. time.